0: Welcome to another episode of Rewired Podcast. I'm Bailey. And I'm Kelly. And today we're talking about a very significant figure in literature, which is the father or the father figure. Yes. And there are lots of fathers in the wire. Yes. And lots of sort of proxy fathers or father figures. Definitely. So... Um, there's kind of a few different ways that the father archetype can be expressed. Sometimes we see them as sort of this wise one or sage person. Uh, there's also the father as an authority figure yeah. and then a, a proxy type of father. Yep. Yeah. and then there's also God the father,
1: God-like figure. Or there is a, another kind of way of looking at literature, which is that God the author god as father author so there's kind of a a meta level there where you might be able to say David Simon is like the father of the wire
0: yes definitely well since we're talking about god um there's quite a few sort of biblical fathers that we can pull upon to structure the conversation about the different fathers in the wire so uh we've done some research yeah so let's talk about three fathers
1: from the Bible, and who would most closely compare to them as fathers in the wire. Okay. So let's start with Frank, who is, of course, your favorite. I know. And we do talk about Frank a lot, and so
0: I apologize if there's people out there that are just over season two. (laughs) Um, But Frank has a lot... Well, he kind of has two different biblical father qualities, or biblical father characteristics. Yeah. So the first one is seeing him as Isaac, son of Abraham. So we're going to talk about someone else's Abraham in a minute. But Isaac, when he became a father, really favored Esau over Jacob. Yes, and even though Frank isn't Nick's father,
1: he's kind of more of a father to Nick than he is to Ziggy. Mm -hmm. So he's proxy father to Nick, absent father to Ziggy. And what's interesting is that Ziggy has a brother, Who we never see. There's just a couple Mm -hmm. very brief references uh, to him. And it's interesting that we never see that character because that, I think, further cements that Frank is an absent father to that character.
0: Yes, absolutely. So there's also a lot of parallels sort of between Jacob and Ziggy as well. Yes, because. Uh, Esau was favored over
1: Jacob. Nick is favored over Ziggy. And uh, what happens in the the biblical story is that uh, Jacob ends up deceiving Isaac, his father, to try to get the birthright or the blessing. Um, And Ziggy does that in, in a way because he goes behind Nick and Frank's back to run the car scam, thinking mm-hmm. that this is going to get him finally the respect he deserves. And, uh, well, we all know how that ends.
0: Yeah, exactly. As well, there becomes sort of a rift between Jacob and Esau as there becomes a rift between Nick and Ziggy. Yeah. So as Nick does better in the quote-unquote game, the more Ziggy begins to resent him, And the more difficulty they have. I mean, there's a few scenes where it really just sort of comes to a head. Yeah, like when Ziggy throws the money out the car window. That's exactly what I was thinking of, too. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's a pretty interesting thing. And and what's interesting about um, Jacob and Esau and Isaac is that actually Jacob's mother, Rebecca, does favor Jacob. But her... You know, it's kind of the storyline about the love of the father, especially for a son. Yeah, and we never meet Ziggy's mother, Frank's wife.
1: So, no. um, yeah, further goes to show that the the relationship with the father is the key element there.
0: Yeah, the other father in the Bible that Frank has some similarities with is uh, Moses. Yes. So Moses was also
1: the father of two sons, Gershom and Eliezer. I think that's how you say it. But he was also a father figure to the Hebrews as they escaped from slavery in Egypt. He loved them and helped discipline and provide for them on their 40-year journey to the Promised Land. And we're reading this from an article on ThoughtCo that we can link in our show notes. We'll link
0: it in our show notes. Um.
1: So, Frank Zabaka, I think, is kind of like that in the way that he is a father to the whole Stevedore crew Mm -hmm. and uh, the the union, and provides for them financially, especially.
0: Definitely. And Moses in the Bible, you know, is getting these sort of commandments and directions from Yahweh or God, um, and you know, and that's what's causing him to lead these people. And I think Frank also feels pulled by a bigger power than him as well which is sort of this the this um, I don't know I guess like the tradition of the stevedore you know.
1: Yeah and this article that we're looking at says that uh, Moses seemed to be larger than life but he was only a man so he could not accomplish what god can accomplish and that's Mm -hmm. like frank he wanted to save the union but he was only a man
0: yeah exactly and he's yeah i think he's pulled by this sort of tradition and it's just it's bigger than him and and you know he just doesn't have the power to do it yeah so moving on from frank the next um very sort of biblical figure is bubbles yes
1: So bubbles, we see kind of comparable to
0: Eli from the Bible. Exactly. So tell us about Eli, Bailey. So Eli was actually this, he's known in the Bible as the man who lacked parental authority. And so he had, Eli had two sons as well, and his sons uh, Phinehas, Phinehas? (laughs) Then he has. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe somebody out there in Tweetland can tell me how to pronounce that name. And Hofni or Hofni. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been to Sunday school in a long time. Yeah. Anyway, Eli's sons um, are called to be priests and just like their father, but unfortunately they disgrace they disgrace the calling of the higher power. They disgrace their father's name. And Eli, rather than sort of rebuking them strongly, um, just asks them, why are you doing these things? And he rebukes them very gently, um, trying to sort of reason with them. Yeah, and they, they don't
1: heed his warnings. And it says that Eli had no power to change the hearts of his sons. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we think about Bubbles, he does have a biological child that we never see
0: Yes. in the wire. He's only alluded to when he's sort of confessing his sins to uh, the sober guy, whose name is escaping me at this moment. Way. Waylon. Yeah. Waylon. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so, but Bubbles is a kind of proxy father figure to Sharad mm-hmm. and Johnny. And Johnny. So Johnny first, and then Sherrod towards the end of the series, and both of them, I think
0: bubble shows a lot of permissiveness towards them as well absolutely and I think um at least when you start to watch his relationship develop with Sherrod and see him pushing him to go to school you wonder if he's kind of gonna have this opportunity to redeem himself as this father figure where he failed Johnny by you know sort of gently rebuking him about shooting up too much too fast he then pushes Sherrod in another direction
1: well and there might be people out there that are saying well why is bubbles a father to them and not just a friend figure but I think because it's made so explicit that bubbles is their teacher mm-hmm. in so many ways that's kind of the fatherly quality to bubbles so with Johnny you know he teaches them he teaches them all these scams to get money mm-hmm. with Sherrod, he teaches him, Basic math to run the the bubbles depot, you know, and sell the yeah. shirts. Um, but he does let them continue doing what they're doing. You know, he tells Johnny very gently, like, "Oh, you're gonna fall out, slamming that heroin
0: so fast." But. Johnny doesn't listen, and then he overdoses. Yeah. And even when Johnny gets out of the rehab center and wants to get it back on the scams right away, Bubbles even says to him, like, why do you want to do that for? Like, let's, like, here, look, I'm working to earn my dollar when he's working at the vegetable stand or yeah. the fruit stand. Yeah. And uh, Johnny is able to convince him, you know? Yeah. No, we got to get back to this. And it, like you said, why, why father rather than friend? And it goes back to those archetypes where Bubbles is set up as sort of the sage... Here. He even yes. he even says to both of them, "You're green. I'm going to make you brown."
1: Yeah, well, and Eli in the Bible um, is referred to as a, a judge and as a high priest, and I think there is a kind of almost mystical w- wisdom to bubbles, mm-hmm. uh, almost like a priest-like
0: figure within at least uh, the the ghetto community. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and he is he is presented as sort of this all knowing character as well, right? Yeah. So yes, he's the snitch, but you know, um, when they're looking for somebody who knows that the girlfriend of um the guy that has to buy all the cell phones. I don't know why I can't think of anyone's names.
1: So. <laughs> I don't remember that guy's name either.
0: Uh anyway, uh the one that says I can't wait to go to jail because his girlfriend is such a pain. Yeah. Um, you know, Kina even says, I knew that I could show you this picture and you'd know who she is. So yeah. She says, is there anyone you don't know? And he says, nobody from the west side. So he he's like, he knows that he knows everything.
1: Yeah, and he also shows that he knows everything when McNulty goes to Bubbles in season two and says, find me, Omar. Yeah. Uh, and Bubbles does. So yeah, he, he has uh, wisdom in the fatherly way. Uh, and just like this article about Eli states he dearly loved his sons but could not take action against them.
0: Yeah. It kind of shows the sad thing of, like, love but permissiveness. Yeah. So, that's a bit of a downer. Um. So, let's talk about Bunny, Namond, and Weebae.
1: Yeah, there's a bit of a fatherly triangle there. Yes. Because... Naaman's biological father, Weebe, he's in the show and they do sort of have a relationship. Naaman goes to visit him when he's in prison. Mm-hmm. But Weebe mostly absent yeah. from Naaman's life. Because when we know Bay the best through season one, there is no
0: mention or um, visual of Naaman at all. No, and he doesn't, we don't even know that he has a girlfriend because he's, you know, having sex with strippers and then they're dying and stuff. So Yeah. So when all of a sudden he has a son in season four, I think as an audience we're kind of taken aback a bit. Yeah. Because he has certainly been this absentee father. And I think for Naaman, even though his mother's always talking about how wonderful his father is and his father's a soldier and he's got to be like his dad, he actually rebels against that notion. He does not want to be like his dad.
1: And there's kind of a a neat visual irony there because WeBay is an absent father to Naaman, especially all through season one, mm-hmm. but Naaman is the one who's absent from the screen, and I feel like that's kind of a neat little little trick that's pulled through the,
0: the storyline. Definitely. Um, so in a lot of ways, um, that storyline reminds us uh, of the story of Abraham. So like I said, um, Frank was like Isaac, Abraham's, um, Abraham's son. Abraham is called on by God to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. And he does. He, he's prepared to do that. Now, obviously, he doesn't because Isaac lives. Yeah. And in the end, he's, a, he's literally about to kill Isaac. And God says, okay, I trust that you trust me. I believe you that you trust me. And the lesson learned is that you, you need to trust God.
1: Yeah. And for WeeBay, the game is his game god or at mm-hmm. least in in the sense that it presides over his life and is the provider like if we mm-hmm. look at fathers as providers that's what the game is mm-hmm. uh and so weBay is fully prepared to sacrifice Naaman and say like he's gonna be a soldier he's gonna be a soldier
0: like don't bother with school you need to be on the corner despite knowing that he does not have the heart for it yeah and and I think that that's also a recurring theme that, you know, uh, WeeBay says it, Cuddy says it, uh, Bodie says it. They say that Naaman does not have WeeBay's heart for the game. Yeah. But, so WeeBay sort of knowingly knows that he's not cut out for it and that he would probably meet a pretty early death if he were to really, really pursue the game. Yeah, so happy to sacrifice him. And
1: I don't know if we could say that it's like a, a... comparable to God intervening. I mean, Naaman gets saved by his relationship with Bunny Colvin, which is his new father.
0: Right. And then in a lot of ways, Webe again is called to sacrifice Naaman because by giving him to Bunny, he truly is sacrificing his relationship with a son. That He knows that that's going to be the end. Yeah. Well, and
1: like we said, fathers are... God-like figure or God is a father and so maybe that is an intervention that's comparable to with Abraham because God intervened and saved Isaac then Bunny intervenes and saves Naaman
0: Mm -hmm. new
1: father God figure
0: yeah exactly so I mean there's a lot of these fatherhood type relationships so again if we just go back to those sort of standard archetypes like you know, yin analysis, that father as the authority figure, father as a wise one. Um, we see Freeman and Prez Belusky, yep. for example. They certainly have a father... Uh, a father-son style of relationship or wise one and that theme actually is carried on a lot in the wire this sort of wise sage guiding the young one so yeah we there's s- we see that all the time we see that all the time so Marlo has his sort of guy who guides him in the um in the rim shop and that, then of course there's Omar with Butchie and Butchie is very much that wise sage yeah. figure for Omar and interestingly enough. Butchie is blind, but is all-seeing when it comes for, to Omar, where Omar yeah. is actually truly blind in a lot of ways. It's Butchie who can see the way for him.
1: Yeah, and just thinking about Prez, who Freeman was the wise father to Prez, and then Prez becomes the wise father to uh, the students, but particularly Dookie. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe Prez is kind of like Eli, like Bubbles was. Yeah. He doesn't sternly enough turn Dookie around. Like, he gives him the money at the end of season five to supposedly get into um, whatever the makeup course is for his his uh, education. Yeah. But Dookie goes and spends it on drugs, and I think
0: Prez knew that that was a
1: serious possibility.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, he also has a lot of... Um, Uh, likeness to Job as a father who's seen as a very good father in the Bible what's the story of Job all about? Um,
1: Job basically loses everything well we should first say that he was very prosperous so he had a lot of children Mm -hmm. Um, he had seven sons and
0: three daughters Mm -hmm. so lots of kids lots of sons biblically that was quite critical Um, and then loses it all but never does uh, lose faith in God and in a lot of ways I see that like Prez and we know he takes this strong likeness to do he he starts mentoring him fathering him providing for him again if we think of of fathers as providers you know he's providing him a clean space to do his laundry have a shower all that jazz um, and says you know, anyway, then that the principal woman, again, I can't think of her name, but uh, she says, you know, I noticed that Duquan is much more clean this year. He seems more well-nourished and stuff. And, and press says, yes, I've, you know, basically taken a shine to him or whatever. And she says, Do you have kids of your own. You need to. You need to. Because yeah. these kids are going to go away. And... So Prez has to get himself right with the fact that he's going to lose these kids every year. He's going to, like, Duquan is going to move on. And he actually does draw that sort of hard line with Duquan um, near the end of the the fourth season and then going into the fifth where he knows basically, like, when he drives him to get the money, he said, I'm either never going to see you again or you're going to come back and show me some great grades or whatever. Yeah. So, anyway, but but we don't see Prez losing faith in the system, where we see that certainly with Carver. Yes. Carver and Randy. So, Randy also has this absentee father. His last name is Wagstaff. We know Cheese's last name is Wagstaff. One of those sort of unsolved mysteries of the wire is, you know, is Cheese Randy's father? We don't know. I think it's pretty... Pretty... sure. Sure. Yeah. Pretty sure. Okay, so... Um, But, you know, trying to find a place for Randy that's not a group home, Carver says, I'll adopt him. Yeah, I'll take him. And the system does not allow him to do that. And that sort of scene of him walking Randy into the group home, then he gets in his car and he just punches the steering wheel over and over and over and over again. And what's interesting, going back to our episode about mirroring, is he sees himself in the rearview mirror, turns the rear mirror away he can't even look at himself and yeah. then that's when he sort of loses it in the car yeah and he's lost faith and it, he I think in a lot of ways he he, you know in Hamsterdam sort of tries to become a father like figure to the street kids too but they reject him the hoppers yeah you know he tries to buy them the the basketball net and
1: oh yeah I forgot it, about all of this oh I haven't seen those parts in a while well, and speaking of being a father to the Hopper Kids, um, I think someone who is a proxy father, mostly successfully to the Hopper Kids, is Cuddy Yeah. when he starts up the the boxing school. And so we talked about Moses before, but Cuddy is also kind of like Moses mm-hmm. um, to the, the young kids and acting as a leader for them, providing, if, you know, Skills and discipline, and and uh, those kind of personality traits that will lead them out of the game if they choose, much like Moses led yeah. the Hebrews out of Egypt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now he does make an initial misstep by sleeping with most of their mothers, and he loses sh- um, spider, spider that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he realizes that he actually he can't do that. Um, you know, for a lot of these young men who already have absentee fathers, the last thing they want is their mums being treated badly by their coach. Yeah, and so, so then
1: he just becomes coach, and that's one uh, another archetype that we didn't really talk about, but I think coaches are definitely a type of father
0: figure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that pretty much wraps it up for us yeah
1: and i mean there's a lots of fathers that we haven't talked about here we didn't talk about mcnulty although he's a flawed father in many way ways but Mm -hmm. uh it's kind of interesting here just seeing uh all the parallels
0: um to biblical fathers and Mm -hmm. and uh good fathers bad fathers well and if we knew Dickens better there's probably a lot of dickensian father parallels here probably we're gonna have to brush up on that yeah uh so hope you enjoyed this episode of rewired podcast and we'll see you again next time way down in the hole